Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today's topic is understanding anger and using it wisely. Anger is universal and everyone will experience it. Anger is part of the normal human emotional reaction. Emotions are feelings that makes us aware of what we're experiencing in reality as we interact with others and deal with our environment. Anger, like all other emotions, is not inherently good or bad. All emotions are necessary and we have the right to allow ourselves to explore anger. Anger is a very misunderstood emotion that has many negative connotations. Most people are socialized to avoid feeling anger and encouraged to suppress it. However, anger is a healthy response to an unhealthy situation. The anger is the warning signal that something is wrong, bad, or dangerous. The mind has detected a threat, real or imagined, and there's an immediate need to address it. This anger alarm will continue to sound off until the threat is identified and removed. Unfortunately, we currently live in a crazy, chaotic, unstable, insecure, and irrational world. We are constantly exposed to injustice, oppression, cruelty, and exploitation. We are bombarded daily with images, stories, or acts of people who are suffering from man-made disasters. Violence, war, poverty, disease, discrimination, hatred, racism, sexism, pollution, enslavement, imprisonment, famine, corruption, deception, and destruction. It's impossible to escape these negative conditions as they affect us directly or indirectly. Millions of people are victims of these circumstances. It's understandable how they can feel powerless, hopeless, and depressed. Initially, some of these victimized people at some point did fight back and developed coping methods to survive these artificially induced negative states. Eventually, some of them gave up the fight externally because their enemies were too powerful to defeat. They didn't have the resources, support, or knowledge to secure a victory. So they were defeated mentally, emotionally, physically, socially, and spiritually. This defeat was very traumatic and devastating. Many people developed negative coping mechanisms just to survive. Some people turned to drugs or alcohol as a way to desensitize themselves. Others develop emotional and mental health issues. The majority of people who undergo traumatic experiences, unhealthy relationships, toxic environments, emotional detachment, isolation, spiritual deprivation, violation, and victimization will eventually experience anger. This is an emotional alarm that's ringing out of control in order to alert these individuals of the immediate threat or dangerous situation. Because these victims have accepted their external negative situations and are unable or unwilling to confront this threat, 
This anger alarm will continue to ring. Usually it is ignored, avoided, or suppressed, but putting the anger alarm on silence will not stop or disconnect it. This anger will manifest or be displayed in other ways, insecurity, low self-esteem, nervousness, sadness, jealousy, or self-doubt. Basically, anger comes from fear. Whenever we feel afraid of something because of a threat to our security and survival, we display anger. Most people confuse anger with being aggressive or violent. Anger is an emotion, while aggression is a behavior. Anger doesn't necessarily or automatically produce an aggressive behavior. People tend to use anger to disguise or hide other unwanted feelings, such as fear. Human beings use fear as a protective mechanism to keep them safe. When we look around our environment, there are so many hazardous conditions unconsciously triggering our fear. This fear can be demonstrated or expressed as anger. When our basic human needs are not met and our human rights are violated, we become angry. For us to survive as a species, we have to receive the necessities required for our survival or we will become extinct. Fear and anger are basic survival instincts to help us facilitate or acquire our needs. Let's briefly review our basic human needs. Physiological or physical needs. Providing our need for adequate and sufficient air, water, food, sleep, exercise, sex, clothing, and warmth. Providing physical safety for the body and protecting it from harm, disease, and pain. Having the ability to have physical mobility without physical constraints or restrictions. Owning our own body as a sovereign being. Those are our physiological or physical needs. Moving on to environmental needs. Providing our need to have a safe and clean shelter, protection from natural elements, dangerous conditions, and harmful things. Being in a place free from violence, hostility, aggression, and conflict. Emotional needs. Providing our need for emotional stability, security, and safety. Receiving emotional intimacy, connection, and attention. Being able to have emotional privacy, expression, and fulfillment. Having the ability to experience desired emotional states. Appreciation, respect, love, confidence, and courage. Psychological or mental needs. Providing our need for mental security and stability. Possessing mental autonomy to control our mind and think for ourselves. Mental power to consciously have our own identity and make personal choices. Having the power to control our circumstance and destiny. Having the ability to change things or have influence. Freedom from psychological manipulation, indoctrination, and brainwashing. 
spiritual needs, providing our needs for spiritual experiences, finding the meaning and purpose of life, connecting with a higher power or nature, feeling a sense of belonging and connection with community, being able to use creativity as a form of personal expression, developing a deeper understanding, awareness, and wisdom, create a meaningful value system and principles as guidance for responsible living, having the ability to transcend the physical and mental and tapping into higher consciousness. All these basic human needs ensure our collective survival as a race. Overall, if these needs are met on a timely, continuous basis in our society, there won't be so many threats to our survival. Therefore, fear and anger won't be necessary on an ongoing or regular basis. Naturally, fear and anger are designed to be temporary and short-lived, but because of our dysfunctional society, they have been instituted in every aspect of our lives. On an individual level, each person can take personal responsibility and try to provide for their basic human needs. After securing their basic needs, they can assist others with this task. Now, these consciously aware individuals can empower others to make the same change on a larger scale until the societal values reflect this positive philosophy and ideology. These unmet needs are the primary cause or reason for fear and anger. Again, they can produce other symptoms and manifest as behavioral problems or mental health issues such as the following. Depression, anxiety, emotional disorder, substance abuse, traumatic experience, lack of effective coping skills, lack of emotional control, unresolved conflicts, low self-esteem, emotional frustration, dysfunctional and antisocial behavior, abandonment and trust issues, insecurities. When a person with unmet needs feel afraid, instead of expressing this fear, they experience anger. They become angry about the situation or circumstance that's making them afraid. This anger is supposed to alert them of the threat, danger, or problem. So anger is not something bad. In actuality, it is supposed to function as something that's protective. The anger itself is not a problem. What we do with it will determine if it's useful or hurtful. Anger can be triggered by an external or internal factor. The internal or external factor can be real or imagined. A real danger stems from an actual danger or threat with evidence. An imagined anger stems from a perceived danger or threat with no apparent evidence. I'm gonna say it one more time. A real anger stems from an actual danger or threat with evidence. An imagined 
Anger stems from a perceived danger or threat with no apparent evidence. An internal factor is any idea, thought, feelings, or imaginative thing that triggers the anger. Example, feeling disrespected, frustrated, unappreciated, taken for granted, treated unfairly or unjustly. This is a feeling. It doesn't mean it's based on any truth, facts, or evidence. Now, you can feel disappointed, okay, due to an unrealistic expectation, okay, from yourself or others. You're disappointed at yourself or you're disappointed at others due to an unrealistic expectation. Distorted perception. You have a distorted perception of reality. Negative beliefs. Irrational thoughts. Losing patience and tolerance. Traumatic memories. Excessive worries. All these things are internal factors. Internal factors that can create anger. Okay? Now... Perceived powerlessness or hopelessness, feeling trapped or restricted, feeling weak or vulnerable. These are other internal factors that can trigger anger. Now, external factors. Any action, behavior, or ways of another person or circumstances outside of oneself that triggers the anger. Example, someone commits an offensive act or an inappropriate behavior to you or around you. Something such as bullying, domestic violence, sexual assault, violent crimes, verbal assault, racism, sexism, oppression, or any act of discrimination. Now, the expression of anger can be healthy or unhealthy. Unhealthy expression of anger includes the following behavior. The anger is uncontrollable, intense, inappropriate, or irrational. The anger is accompanied by threats, intimidation, and manipulation. The anger includes aggression, hostility, and violence, and also places people in danger. Those are unhealthy expression of anger. Now let's deal with the healthy expression of anger, which includes the following. Honesty about one's feeling, okay? If you're expressing anger in a healthy way, you're going to be honest about your feelings. You're going to discuss your pain, your hurt, or disappointment. You're going to be honest about your feelings. Address others with respect, even when the situation is disagreeable or difficult. The goal when you have healthy anger is to resolve conflicts and problems, okay? Not just to vent, not just to just talk about it, just to be talking about it, but your goal is to actually resolve the problem or conflict. Expression of anger is reasonable, rational, expressed in a way that is non-threatening or intimidating. Channeling the anger into a more positive and constructive behavior or activity, Share your concerns or communicate your needs. Devise a plan of action to address threat or danger. These are the healthy ways of expressing anger or experiencing anger. Now, we must also assess if the anger is reaction, 
if the reaction is retaliatory or resistance. Okay, so anger could be expressed for retaliatory purposes or resistance purposes. Now, retaliatory reaction can be an instinctive behavior used to respond to an attack by another person. It can be seen as revengeful for a perceived wrong, injustice, or violation. It's the payback mentality. In other words, you did me dirty or wrong, I'm coming after you. There may no longer be an immediate threat or danger. The goal is to intimidate and gain power over the other person. Now, this is retaliatory reaction. The anger, the anger's reaction, okay, is retaliatory, okay? You're trying to get revenge. You're trying to get the payback. Now, resistance reaction, okay? If you're angry and you're reacting in a resistant manner, resistant reaction is a natural instinct response to protect and defend ourselves from any negativity. This type of anger reaction is a self-protective internal mechanism that empowers us to form a defense against personal attacks, provocative behavior, dangerous confrontation, or aggressive people. As part of self-preservation, we are equipped with the fight or flight response to prepare us to take action in order to safeguard our welfare. During times of danger, our primary concern is to eliminate the threat by fighting or taking flight away from harm. Anger is the built-in reaction to physically keep ourselves safe. We are given the courage, strength, and assertiveness to confront whatever we perceive as the enemy doing this anger state. During this perceived crisis, we are not focusing on our vulnerabilities, weaknesses, or inferiorities. Anger becomes the fuel we use to retaliate to gain power over the situation. We are energized when anger is used as a strength instead of a weakness. Now, what is anger impulsivity? Is the anger impulsive? Okay, is the anger impulse controlled or uncontrolled? Now, control anger impulse is when an individual have obtained full control of the anger response. They know exactly how to manage their feelings of anger. They resist the urge or desire to vent their anger uncontrollably. Even though they may be provoked, tempted, or be reactive, they are disciplined to maintain their self-control. Some people have knowledge of anger management techniques and skills to immediately reduce the overflow of emotional energy. They are aware of the internal signal that an anger response is brewing inside and is ready to explode. They don't allow themselves to react with explosive anger, but choose to channel the feeling in a different way. Now, uncontrollable anger impulse is is self-explanatory. 
It's when a person gives in to their anger impulses and react in an inappropriate, violent, aggressive, hostile, or irrational way. They lose control and behave in an impulsive way. Uncontrolled anger expression can lead to negative consequences that could be avoided. Physical violence, verbal abuse, police involvement or arrest, loss of employment or income, loss of friendship, negative impact on physical and emotional health, stress, trauma, or anxiety, damaged property. These are all the consequences that can come out of uncontrollable anger impulses. Now, even though the person is consciously aware of their anger impulses, they exercise no control to stop the expression of this feeling in a hostile or aggressive way. Again, when there is real danger or a bad situation, there is no other way to stop this threat. Anger is used to address this. Again, when there is a real dangerous situation and there's no other way to stop this threat, anger used with aggression may be the only way to protect oneself. Anger doesn't have to be expressed in a violent way unless it's absolutely necessary. Now let's discuss some of the anger impulse warning signs or symptoms. Before becoming angry, one may experience some of the following warning symptoms. Feeling annoyed or irritated. Feeling threatened or scared. Feeling tension in your body. Feeling hot, temperature rising. Raising your voice and switching tones and getting louder. Thinking about being aggressive or violent feeling jealous or insecure. Now, let's look at the objective of anger. In other words, what are you going to do with your anger? Okay, what is your goal when you are experiencing anger? Now, one of the goals is restorative, okay? Restorative reasons could be one of your objectives, all right? Restorative reason is restoring your health, your safety, wealth, happiness, and balance. People can use anger as a learning tool. Anger is usually triggered because there's a reason. An unmet need, fear, threat, emotional issue, mental health problem, or other concerns. Now, your anger is trying to bring to your immediate attention there's something in your life that's wrong or off balance. It's your responsibility to investigate in order to pinpoint or locate the exact problem. Anger can make you aware of the following. Your vulnerabilities, sensitivities, boundaries, insecurities, dislikes and likes, your concerns or issues, values, your principles, your morals, what are your core beliefs, your tolerance, patience, limitations or restrictions, bias, prejudice, or preference. Anger can help us make life-changing decisions 
or choose another path. Sometimes we get complacent, comfortable, or accepting of our routines. These choices, these life choices are detrimental to our well-being and we develop negative patterns or habits. Sometimes we have to be triggered by anger to make a positive change. Example, a victim of domestic violence refuses to end a toxic relationship because of hope that things will get better. One day, the abuser physically assaults this victim. He or she becomes angry and decides to leave, stopping the cycle of violence. Another example, a person is in a dead-end job where they are being financially exploited. One day, she becomes angry when the boss gives more job responsibilities with no increased pay. She gets angry and quits to find a better paying career with more money and opportunities for promotion. Another example, someone is overweight and continues to ignore the health issues associated with obesity. One day, this person is bullied because of this excessive weight. She becomes angry and finally decides to improve her diet and start to exercise. There are thousands of examples where anger was used to be a catalyst to solve a long-term problem or to help us make necessary changes. Now, penitent reasons. Another anger goal is penitent reasons. Are you experiencing anger and you're going to use that anger for penitent reasons? Now, anger could be used as a form of punishment for oneself or others. Punishing others because they committed an offense or inappropriate act is not a bad thing. It is absolutely necessary for the people who have no conscience or good moral values, compassion or empathy, people who are selfish, egotistical, to reap the consequences of their evil deeds. They have no remorse or feel no guilt when violating, hurting, abusing, or destroying others. Sometimes the victims who are suffering have to become angry about their situation or condition in order to demand justice and fairness. Now forgiveness is for the victim, not the offender or abuser. The victim can forgive or pardon the offensive deed in order to free themselves from carrying the burden of the painful memories. They can let go of the trauma, the guilt, and shame that comes from the incident. Forgiveness is actually releasing oneself from the incident and detaching from the offender. But forgiveness doesn't remove the responsibility from the offender to make amends, nor does it exempt them from dealing with the consequences of their deeds. Unfortunately, victims forgive their offender but refuse to forgive themselves for allowing the victimization or not doing anything to stop it. Sometimes they have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Becoming angry about not forgiving themselves in order to learn to release the guilt and shame. They have to end the cycle of self-punishment. Anger is necessary to end injustice, discrimination, oppression, exploitation, and inequality. 
Anger is the constant reminder that a system built on hatred, greed, wickedness, and immorality cannot continue to exist without challenge. This corrupted system makes it impossible for people to meet their basic human needs and obtain their human rights. Its existence poses an immediate threat and danger to our survival as a human race. People are angry, bitter, frustrated, detached, scared, and threatened with reason. Humanity can no longer tolerate the suffering, the sickness, the abuse, and death of millions of people without justification. The earth has to become angry and fight back to remove all the threats and danger that is compromising her safety. Penitive anger can be irrational if there's no righteous basis for it. Then it becomes senseless and wrong. Sometimes we have to fight fire with fire. If peaceful action doesn't resolve a problem and the threat persists, it may be necessary for us to use penitive anger. Now, what is the mode of anger? Anger can be felt and expressed through different means or modes. When a person becomes angry, this energy, this energy can be manifested in various ways. Now, if a person chooses to manifest or display their anger physically, let's describe what are the physical actions that are taken to express anger. Anger could be expressed by displaying aggression, hostility, which include punching, hitting, slapping, shoving, pinching, or maiming. This can lead to severe injuries or death, all right? This is the physical mode of expression of anger. Now, emotionally, when a person becomes angry and they're expressing themselves emotionally, that anger can be expressed by doing things to make the other person feel bad emotionally, insulting the person, manipulating their feelings, shaming them, blaming them, anything they're doing to make them feel bad, that becomes, you know, that type of, of expression. Now, mentally, if a person is angry and they're choosing to express that through a mental aspect, anger can be expressed by mentally abusing someone, playing mind games, gaslighting, making them question their sanity, their memory, making that person think less of themselves, making them feel unworthy or not good enough. They can also humiliate them, okay? These are mentally abusive behaviors that can be used to express anger. Now, sexual abuse, a person who is angry can express that anger in a sexual way. Anger could be expressed as sexual abuse, okay? Force or coerced sex, rape, forced pornography, cheating, sexual neglect, body shaming, deprive of sexual intimacy, or lack of affection. A person could become angry and choose to express themselves sexually. Socially, anger could be expressed in an antisocial behavior. Violent acts, commit crimes, destruction of property, stealing, harming others, and violating the law. 
If that anger is chosen to be expressed socially, these are the behaviors. Now, verbally, if a person becomes angry and they choose to express it verbally, anger can be expressed verbally by yelling, screaming, cursing, arguing, raising the voice, aggressive tone, or being verbally abusive, calling people names, putting them down, criticizing them, and judging them harshly. These are all the different modes of expressing anger. Anger could be expressed physically, emotionally, mentally, sexually, socially, and verbally. Because a lot of people think that anger can only be expressed physically. When people become violent, that is absolutely false. People could express that anger in different ways, and it could be just as deadly. Now, there are different types of anger, right? We're going to discuss the different types of anger. Anger. We have justifiable anger. Everybody is not going to have the same type of anger. One person can have different types of anger based on the anger trigger, based on the circumstance, based on the threat, Okay, now we're going to discuss the different types of anger. Everybody will not experience the same type of angers. Everybody will not have the same triggers. And everybody will not express that anger in the same way. It's very individual and personalized. Now, justifiable anger is a very common type of anger. When the anger is caused by a justifiable cause. There's a real physical or emotional threat. There's an injustice, oppression, inequality, exploitation, pain, suffering, or a possible situation where you may die, okay? And you become angry. That is justifiable. Somebody is violating you. Somebody is hurting you. That is justifiable anger. You have the right to get angry if someone is violating your rights as a human being, if somebody is putting you in danger, harm way, somebody is threatening you in any way, that is justifiable anger. Is letting you know that something is wrong and you need to do something about it. Annoyance anger. Annoyance. This is the most common type of anger. This anger stems from being annoyed or frustrated with daily life issues. Annoyed. So a lot of people become angry when they get agitated, annoyed, or frustrated. Aggressive anger. This anger is used to establish and maintain power and control over others. The goal is to use dominance, manipulation, and intimidation to control the situation. This is demonstrated as bullying, oppression, and psychological and emotional abuse. Aggressive angering. This person wants to come in and just dominate, just take over and just destroy things. Assertive anger. This is the healthier and constructive type of anger expression. It helps us create positive change. It also gets people closer to having their wants and their needs met without causing confrontation, distress, destruction, or verbal insult. So assertive anger, it is normal, it's natural, it's acceptable. You have the right to experience assertive anger. 
If someone is doing you wrong, something is not right, you have the right to use anger assertively to address this person and to rectify the situation. Assertive anger. Behavior anger. This type of anger is displayed in aggressive, hostile, and destructive way. This behavior can be very violent and is intended to cause harm physically. This may include breaking property, slamming doors, throwing items, or hitting someone. So behavior anger is when someone acts aggressively when they're angry. Okay? And of course, this is not okay. If someone is hurting other people while they're anger, that is not acceptable unless there is an immediate threat and there's no other way to address the situation. Now, overwhelm anger. Overwhelm anger. This type of anger is usually triggered by feelings of being out of control of a situation or circumstance. Feeling hopeless or powerless to change situation. Usually this anger happens when one is overwhelmed with responsibilities, obligations, and tasks without enough support or time to complete it. Overwhelm anger. There's a lot of people who are experiencing overwhelm anger. They have too much on their plate. They can't handle it. They're overwhelmed. So instead of them solving the problem, they allow themselves to vent. They get caught up in the emotions and the feelings of anger, and they're not really trying to solve the problem. Now, if they choose to listen to the anger, they will find out that the problem is that they're overwhelmed. And whenever they get overwhelmed, they get angry because the body and mind, they're trying to tell them that, hey, you need to slow it down and release some of this pressure and stress. Now, passive aggressive anger, known as avoidant anger, this type of anger is not expressed or experienced. It is usually repressed, suppressed, avoid, or evaded. Feelings of frustration, disappointment, or anxiety relating to the anger of all things. They are denied. Relating to the anger of all denied. All the frustration, the feelings, the disappointment, anxiety that's relating to the anger are all denied. Okay? These people live in denial. They do not want to accept the fact that they're angry and that, you know, they're feeling things that are uncomfortable. Instead of them allowing themselves to feel the anger and finding out what the source of the anger is, they just want to avoid it and ignore it and suppress it. The anger is expressed indirectly through passive aggressive behavior. Okay, it could be sarcasm, silent treatment, procrastination, or they just ignore the situation altogether. Usually these people were taught to suppress their anger because they think it's wrong to be angry or it's socially unacceptable or, you know, it's going to be punished. So because they were taught that now they don't want to accept their anger or other people's anger. They don't want to confront it. They want to just push it to the side, avoid it and act like it's not there or it never happened. Passive aggressive anger known as avoidant anger. Now, self-abusive anger. This type of anger is expressed through self-destructive behavior, self-sabotaging, self-harm, 
negative self-talk, substance abuse, or other addiction, such as eating disorders, or you have gambling addictions, you have sex addiction, workaholics. This anger caused by an external factor is internalized. One blames themselves for the problem instead of dealing with the real issues. They develop a shame-based anger that includes feeling of hopelessness, low self-esteem, humiliation, unworthiness, and powerlessness. Self-abusive anger. So these people, when they get angry, they're not going to attack others. They're not going to take that anger and express it externally. They're going to internalize that anger and they're going to express it towards themselves. Okay, they're going to keep it inside and allow that anger to eat them, you know, to slowly eat away at their peace, their joy, their happiness, their self-confidence. All right. Self-abusive anger produces self-abusive behaviors. Now, volatile anger, volatile anger. This type of anger expression is a chronic condition and it can lead to violence. Individuals using volatile anger have poor impulse control and they burst out with anger anytime unexpectedly as they are easily annoyed, irritated, and frustrated. Volatile anger. These are the people who have what they call a quick temper. They get mad for everything. There's really no immediate threat or danger. You know, a lot of times it may be You have other issues. There are brewing, unresolved issues, unmet needs. They're not dealing with those things. So everything piles up and accumulate, and now they're explosive. They get so angry so fast because they have a lot of issues that they're not resolving. Now, moral judgment anger. This type of anger is expressed when someone's actions are perceived to be morally wrong, offensive, unjust, or incorrect. People are triggered by seeing others not living or functioning according to their moral code, compass, or personal values. All right? Moral judgment anger. These are the people that get mad because other people are not acting the way they want them to be. Okay, maybe you're not speaking the way you should. Maybe you're not doing what they expect you to do. Because of that, they're going to judge you and become angry at you because you are not operating on the same moral code or principles. It's called moral judgment anger. Addictive habitual angers. We have these type of people. These are the sadists. These are the people that like to cause people pain and the masochists who like to receive pain. This type of anger is expressed because individuals get pleasure or good feeling from being angry. The brain produces feel-good chemicals such as dopamine when a person is angry. This is a natural high from this natural chemical. This is a learned behavior from living with a dysfunctional or abusive family. All right. This is something that is learned. This is something that's inherited. This is something that people pick up from their environment. Addictive, habitual anger. People stay mad. Okay. People be mad all the time. We hear a lot about this in the music. 
particularly the rap music, how they glorify living in the hood and, you know, popping off. We see that in the reality shows where people become angry and want to slap and beat each other and abuse each other. Okay, this is addictive, habitual anger. People get angry not because there's a real threat or danger. They get angry because they like the high. They like how they feel. They get a rush. You know, they feel empowered. They feel strong that they can control and have power over people. And also, most importantly, the dopamine. You know, they're getting high. It's a drug. It's addictive. And, you know, if they don't have this type of anger around them, they feel bored. They feel there's no excitement, right? So they will start some type of drama. They will create some type of friction in order for them to get people to react, all right? This is addictive, habitual anger. Now, addictive, addictive, habitual anger. It's very important that we understand that. When anger is overlooked, suppressed, or ignored, it can become chronic and fester into something unhealthy and destructive called rage. I'm going to repeat that. When anger is overlooked, suppressed, or ignored, it can become chronic and fester into something unhealthy and destructive called rage. Rage is characterized by the following. Violent, hostile, or aggressive behavior. Making poor behavior choices. Having intense negative thought patterns. Okay. Now the people who practice addictive habitual anger, some of these people can cross the line and get into the rage because this is something chronic. When anger is chronic, Okay, when when it's it's festering, it's there all the time. It's not a temporary thing. It's it's a daily thing. That anger can easily cross over and become rage. Now let's just come discuss some of the rage that we come to be familiar with. Road rage. That's something that we hear all the time. Road rage. Now displaying anger when driving a motor vehicle. Drivers become annoyed, frustrated, and irritated by other drivers. Or they could have been irritated before they got in the car. Okay? They are already in the state of anger. So any little thing will cause them to go off. They will be triggered. They get into a physical altercation or verbal assaulting, which includes aggressive behavior that may lead to car accidents, violence attacks, aggressive driving, or even death. So people can go into a rage while they're driving, and this is called road rage. Now, homicidal rage. This rage is involving intense anger, which is accompanied by violent thoughts and intentions to commit aggressive acts to include premeditated murder. Okay, or it could be something that just happened on the spot. This person is triggered by something. They weren't thinking or premeditating anything. It's just something that's spontaneous in the moment. They get so angry because of previous incidents or because of a a, a past pattern that they have. Whatever the reason may be, they get into this homicidal rage. And now they get so angry that they want to kill or they want to physically harm someone. 
explosive rage. This rage involves individuals who have a medical condition after they suffered from a traumatic brain injury from a stroke, tumor, gunshot, assault, vehicular accident, or other incident, incidental injuries. Because of their injury, they are unable to control the part of their brain that has the impulse control. So it's easy for them to just explode and become very intense with their anger. It's called explosive rage. All right. Now, even though we understand where this is coming from, it's not excused because these people, even though they have some type of medical condition, they are still held responsible and accountable for their rage. Now, we have road rage, not road, but road, R-O-I-D rage. This rage is caused by using or abusing anabolic steroids. So it's roid, roid rage, especially by athletes or bodybuilders. After consuming these drugs, their behavior becomes violent and extremely aggressive, causing others bodily injuries or death. So we call that steroid rage okay they call it roid but it's steroid rage so people who engage in illegal steroid usage they can get into this you know rage that is uncontrollable they get angry real fast and it escalates to the point where they can physically harm someone or even kill them all right we're moving on to office rage this rage is triggered by job related problems or conflicts. An upset employee becomes aggressive towards their colleague and become violent. The term going postal refers to individuals who become enraged for being fired from their jobs and return to the place of employment to kill or injure their co-workers. This is called office rage. Now rejection and abandonment rage. This type of rage is when a person feels intense anger because they are rejected or unnoticed by someone. They perceive this as being emotionally abandoned and neglect. They perceive this as a form of being emotionally abandoned or neglected. They have the need to retaliate because they are consumed by this hateful revenge. Okay, because they're hurt, because they feel rejected, they have the need for them to retaliate. Usually these people suffer from low self-esteem, insecurities, and diminished self-worth. Psychotic rage. This type of rage is involving a person with a mental health disorder who has a psychotic episode in which they become extremely violent, aggressive, and out of control. These are the psychopaths. These are the people that go into this rampage where they start killing people and they start hurting people for no apparent reason. They have a mental health disorder. Temper tantrum. This type of rage involves a person having an outburst of anger just to get their ways, you know, just to get what they want and what they need. You know, they want to fulfill, fulfill their desires without any regards to the consequences. Sometimes their desires are irrational, unreasonable, and difficult to obtain, but they don't care. They just want what they want. 
They persist or assist on getting their way no matter what. This immature behavior originated during their infancy or childhood stage, yet they never outgrown it and continued to practice the same pattern into adulthood. These individuals are usually selfish, self-centered, and unwilling to change. The last one that we're going to be dealing with is school rage. This type of rage takes place in the school environment or setting where students become angry due to personal issues, bullying, or low self-esteem. They take out their anger out through violent attacks, shootings, and killings at the school. They usually end up injuring or killing school staff to include other students. Okay, school rage. School rage. This is very, very serious. School rage is a very serious problem. Unfortunately, we have a lot of innocent people who are dying because of these explosive rage. This is a very serious problem. Now, we see the unhealthy manifestation of anger in these examples of rage. It doesn't have to be like this. Obviously, the anger is a reaction or response to a series of unfortunate events, past traumatic experiences, unmet basic needs, and unresolved issues. It's an accumulation of being exposed to high levels of stress, frustration, bitterness, or hopelessness. Obviously, these things are not happening in a vacuum or isolation. This violent society creates the situation or circumstances that created this rage mentality. Then they turn around and blame it on angry individuals without taking personal responsibility for their contribution for the creation of these horrible conditions that caused this anger in the first place. Now, until we learn as a collective to do better, we will continue to experience anger. Now, as individuals start to change, this change will spread into the family, the community, and eventually the nation. In the meantime, we have to deal with anger and rage on an individual basis. How do we deal with that? Let's discuss some of the ways that we could now address the problem. We have to find ways to de-escalate, reduce, or dissolve our anger. We have to find a way. This is an individual thing, okay? Every technique or every method may not work for everybody. So as an individual, we have to find out how do we de-escalate, reduce, or dissolve our anger. All right? Now, become aware of what our anger is trying to tell us. That's one of the ways that we could deal with that find out after we de-escalate ourselves, after we calm down, we have to become aware of what our anger is trying to tell us. 
concerning our unmet needs, vulnerabilities, weaknesses, or insecurities. We have to have the desire to want to change and grow into better people. We have to learn how to control our emotions and direct our anger into a more positive way to get good results or solve our problems. We have to be willing to improve our interpersonal skills and communication to express our needs and our concerns. We have to be willing to make all lifestyle changes, eliminate negative habits, self-destructive patterns, addictions, emotional and mental health issues. We have to be willing to make those changes if we really want to resolve our anger and rage problems. We have to develop self-care programs for us to take care of ourselves, for us to become healthier in our eating habits, exercise, getting adequate sleep, and doing things that's going to put us in a more better place. We have to engage in spiritual health maintenance by using meditation, yoga, relaxation, gardening, more contact with nature, using our creativity to express our feelings such as art, music, or dance. We have to allow ourselves to release all bottled up pinned up emotions. We have to have a way to release it. We have to learn how to cry, you know, how to talk to other people, your family and friends, or if necessary, therapists. We have to get it out. We have to learn how to talk, talk it out. Okay. We have to release all the emotions that are bottled up. We could write it down. We could spend time alone. We could try to go into a room where we can allow ourselves to physically express our rage, whether we're boxing, whether we're hitting pillows, or whether we're able to scream. But we have to find ways, identify ways that we can actually learn to release this anger physically, let it go in a very safe way. Finally, get counseling or therapy if nothing you're doing is helping you control your anger. This can be a signal that you may need help dealing with your emotions and other issues. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully everyone learned to identify what is anger and how to use it wisely to your advantage. Thank you.